But man, I always get hiccups during these. <laughs> Listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. Today is an adventure in Lutheranism. Yes. Like literally. Literally an adventure. I love these episodes. We get to dive into some topics that some of us might be very familiar with, maybe too familiar with, and other people may know absolutely nothing about. Today, we get to dive into Call Day which is a very important day in the lives of our seminarians, um, including pastors and vicars and deaconesses and all of those people who receive calls from our seminary. And Brie, you're going to be our, um, I want to say expert, maybe guinea pig. I don't know what, what to call you for this one. Field expert. <laughs> Field reporter. She's Field our intrepid reporter. explorer on That's this right. adventure oh. in Lutheranism. Call me Sacagawea or something. No. Um, so my husband, Matt, is in his second year at the seminary. And for for those who, well, I'll just give you the rundown. So for, for students who have entered the seminary and are getting their master's of divinity in divinity, it's generally a four-year, the traditional program is a four-year program. The, the first two years of your seminary studies are just like your run-of-the-mill like classroom study. Um, you will have like residential fieldwork experience. So they'll, they'll give you a fieldwork congregation to work at on like Sundays to help with leading worship and sermons and Bible studies. And so that practical aspect is one piece of the seminary experience. The third year of the traditional route of seminary is what is called the vicarage year. And that is sort of a year long, what I would call more immersive experience than like residential fieldwork, because basically what happens is you can be placed pretty much anywhere in the United States where your husband will, yeah, I guess where, where the pastor will the pastor. I'm sorry. You're going to have to edit this part out here. Whatever. <laughs> Where the student <laughs> will be placed to have an even more in-depth parish experience before returning to seminary to complete his fourth year, which once that happens, he will then receive his first call and then, and then graduate and go out into the ministry. I do want to be clear because there are there are sticklers out there for this. I am talking today about call day, but my experience is as a second year's wife going out to to be assigned on a vicarage. The the issuance of vicarages and deaconess internships if you are a deaconess student at the seminary is not technically a call. And my my husband made this point to me that it's it's not technically a call to the holy ministry. It's basically a 
it's it's a field work assignment. There's not really anything. I don't know. You can. It's an internship. Yeah. It's, yeah. When it's, that's, yeah. I always refer to it as an internship when I'm speaking to non-Lutheran friends who are unfamiliar with that, you know, vicarage experience. Sure. It's sure. also Paid. useful to, mm-hmm. you know, say that not every church does, Mm-mm. you know, vicarages and call, you know, first calls the way the LCMS does. And it's pretty cool. I mean, I've had friends who went through seminary as say, you know, evangelicals and oftentimes they're on their own when it comes to getting into ministry at a church. It's more, much more of a traditional hiring process. Whereas in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, we've said, we don't want this to be a traditional hiring process where a mm-hmm. church says, we're looking for this position and, you know, 50 candidates apply and, you know, then the, they interview and all of that. That's not how this works. And it's certainly not how it works for seminarians coming out of the seminary as newly minted MDivs or as future MDivs as vicars, that mm-hmm. we want that element to be sort of stripped away and this to be something that is a, a church, a call, a church thing, a calling to right. this work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. So Matt is getting his vicarage assignment. Uh, so this is airing when? April 30th? <laughs> yes. Matt okay. has just gotten his vicarage assignment. <laughs> Matt has just received his, his vicarage assignment. So call day. Congrats, at- you guys. That's a huge thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, congratulations. <laughs> Thank congratulations, you. future Bree. <laughs> so call day, I guess I'll just call it call week, Is begins April 26th. I believe the call services and assignment services at Fort Wayne are the 26th and the 27th. And then both call service and vicarage assignment services at St. Louis are on the 28th. So he and I are tremendously excited. This year has just flown by. I do want to speak a little bit to like the vicarage selection process. I don't know too many details about it. But this is what I know for those of you who might not know how it works or might have more interest in how it works or your husband is a first year or he's entering the seminary and you want to know what to expect. So for Vicarage, it seems to be a pretty simple process, at least as the seminary student and his family are involved. And Rachel, I don't know if your experience at Fort Wayne was any different when Ken was there. But basically, Matt and I interview with the director of placement, Dr. Glenn Nielsen at Concordia Seminary, St. Louis. We interview, we kind of talk about what Matt is looking for in a vicarage experience. And then we meet just about monthly for a series of informational sessions. Sometimes we'll we'll talk about stuff like The LWML came and did a a presentation, um, LCMS Youth Ministries. So Meredith Whitefeld and uh, Juliana Schultz were at the seminary one night. I got to catch up with them because I hadn't seen them since pre-COVID, which was pretty Mm -hmm. neat. But we also do delve into topics like power power dynamics and sex in the church and uh you know ways that you need to be presenting yourself to your congregation like we literally had to go over a slide that was like please shower every day and brush your teeth and wear clothes that don't have holes in them like 
Wow. Like, I love that so much. Thank, big ups to Ruth Ann Johnson. May she rest in peace. That was her <laughs> idea, apparently. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're very informational. They're very helpful. Sometimes there were some heavy topics. And I think that is this is kind of where I was hit with my first reminder of this is not all fun and games. It's it's going to be great. It's going to be an awesome, formative opportunity for my husband. But Satan is still out there prowling like a lion and mm-hmm. is very real. And, you know, we need to be sort of on our guard against that. But all that to say, I think it's still very important to be mindful of those things going into it. I think the most important part for us, the most significant part for us thus far has, was the actual like interview because it really helped Matt and I determine what we really want in an internship experience. So based on the information that we give him in these interviews, along with what churches will give him in terms of what they're looking for in, in a vicar, he'll basically see, okay, who's compatible with who, what are people's preferences? What can this church provide? What kind of experience can this church provide them? And I think he basically, like, to put it kind of crassly, he he plays matchmaker to the best of his abilities, yep. given the information that, that's been presented to him. What I didn't realize also, while we're talking about churches who are doing this and giving their expectations, it is a gigantic, it's a gigantic fa- financial investment for congregations to have vicars on a routine date. Well, just in general, you're basically compensating somebody for like a, a full-time job on your yeah. staff. Mm-hmm. It's not like we can send a seminary student just anywhere to serve the role of vicar because it is, it is a significant expense that, that the church takes on in order for this, this seminarian to have this immersive field experience and bless them for making that investment in the future of the church. It's just, I'm blown away by how willing and eager our churches are to welcome vicars and their families. Yeah. We just started having vicars. We've had field workers for a long time because we're very close to the seminary, but we just started having vicars last year was our first one, Mm. at least, at least since, since Mm. we've been members. And I remember Mm. going through that voters meeting where we talked about the budget and the vicar is a new line item. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was slightly taken aback for just a minute. And I was like, oh, like, like we are legitimately hiring another staff person, but that is awesome that we're we are financially able to do yes. that as a congregation mm-hmm. to bring to bring a seminary student into our congregation to support them during this year and to be able to have that relationship with the seminarian and his family is is just it's really cool and i this may be getting a little ahead of of your storyline brie but right. to be able to have a seminarian come in at the beginning of the vicarage and like you kind of get to know them a little bit. There might be a little awkward or a little unsure of themselves and to kind of watch that growth mm. over that year and and before they leave to to see how much they've grown into this vocation and just to see where they've come from is it is such a privilege for us as a congregation and for to for us to have that relationship then with the seminarian we're, we're gonna i mean this is always going to be their vicarage congregation then yes yeah. mm-hmm. to have to have that initial congregation of support it's just it is so cool 
And we still keep in touch with people from our vicarage congregation. That was like 17 years ago now. Um, That's so cool. You know, we're still, we're still love each other. And that, Mm -hmm. that experience has been so wonderful to look back on. Yeah. I can't wait for you you guys to have that experience. Bree and Matt are going on vicarage. Right. Mm -hmm. So, to sort of wrap up what the process looks like after after Dr. Nielsen in my in our case, once he sort of places people wherever he thinks the fit will be best, he'll then submit those to each of the districts and the districts will come back and say either, yes, we'll accept this or they'll say something. I don't know if it's like a return or what it might be, but by and large, the acceptance rate is a majority of the time. And then on call day, that is when the vicarage and deaconess interns assignments are given as well as the assignment of calls. I'm sure the process for calls is a little bit different than the vicarage process. I'm sure it's a lot more involved to more people. Yeah, right, right. 2023. (laughs) Stay tuned two years from now. Exactly. And so there's there are these like big worship ser- well they're not big worship services or at least haven't been the last couple years but it's sort of been that way with like pomp and circumstance and heraldry in the years leading up to coronavirus except better songs than pomp and circumstance except oh, better God. songs than yes. Pachelbel's yeah. canon indeed or whatever. <laughs> and i love i love that about the way we do these assignments and placements because You know, it has the potential to be sort of like NFL draft day. (laughs) Yes. But no, it is a worship (laughs) service at which in between the reading and preaching of the word and the prayers for everyone present and for the church universal, then you receive these sacred assignments, these sacred Mm -hmm. callings that, and I think to put it within that context is exactly right. Even if, Brie, I'll just tell you right now, you will not remember a single word of the sermon for either your vicarage placement service or your call service two years from now. You will look back and say, wow, I wish I remember what the preacher had talked about. But no, all you'll be thinking is, can we wrap this up, please? I want to find out where I'm going. <laughs> is that a challenge? Challenge uh, because you know, take they, notes. They do that after the sermon <laughs> and not before. <laughs> if it runs long, I'm going to be like, <clears throat> like I'm just going to cough really like loud and suggestively. <laughs> they're going to like get this lady out of here. I don't have time for this. <laughs> so as joyful and exciting and and eager as events like this can be, I also know that it can also give anxiety to people. I know that that (laughs) pastors and their families, like the uncertainty of it all can drive people absolutely insane. And so I I don't want to talk about this whole entire thing without acknowledging that this is actually a very scary time for people. It's, It's a scary time, whether it's the seminarian himself or his wife or his family. I mean, this this is somebody who has entered into this relationship with the church that it's just another step of, you know, thanks for coming along for the ride these last two years, honey. Now we got to pack up everything that we own and move across the country for another year only to have to pack it all up again 
and move back to St. Louis to do another year before packing it up one more time and going to. So this is actually like, I think the most tumultuous time, I think, in in a seminary and a seminary family's life, because this is where all these these transitions come one after the other after the other. And so for me, I don't know if it's because I have specific experiences and perspectives that I'm not that worried about it. I'm not that scared of it. Of course, you know, the day could come and I wake up on April 28th and I'm like, Oh, I don't know. You've talked about feeling like you need to barf. Quite I need bit. to barf. <laughs> like for someone who's not scared, uh-huh. uh-huh. I feel like I have to barf a lot. No, but like it is. It's not always. This is not always going to be a joyous experience, and I think sometimes we even like to poke fun at those stories where you know seminarian gets called to. Siberia when he you know wants to be in California or something and the wife like is like in like hysterics and like runs out of the church because that's not what they want and like I don't know I don't really like poking fun at that because this is these are very these are very life changing events for people so I also as excited as I am I also want to be sensitive to the people who are like no, no, I don't want the 28th to get here. I don't, I don't want to know. I'm comfortable here. I don't, mm-hmm. I want, I, I don't, I would rather be uncertain than, than not. Yeah. And then not know. And you're, you're quite right for, for so many people, this is an exciting time full of hope and, you know, looking forward, but for other people, it can be a real letdown. It can be even devastating, not for Vicarage, but for our call service, my husband's parents flew out to be with us and, and to sit with us in the pew when he was, you know, given that that first call. And they are from uh, the Northwest. And I know that my mother-in-law was really hoping that her husband, or, no, sorry, not husband, that Ooh. my mother-in-law was really hoping <laughs> that her son and daughter-in-law and two adorable children at that time would be coming closer to home because we had already been away for so long. Mm -hmm. And then he got the call to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Mm -hmm. She cried. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the pew. And she, you know, didn't make a big scene, no hysterics, but I, you know, the Kleenex were required because she knew that when she had given her son to the Holy ministry, that there were no guarantees that she would get him back. But this was the Mm -hmm. word that, you know, he would not be coming back home. And that her gift to God and to the church was going to be pretty absolute. So, yeah, for a lot of people, both, you know, in the immediate family, but also beyond that, there's a real, okay, this is happening. Mm -hmm. It's final. This whole journey that started at seminary is going to end with them serving the church and maybe not in the place and in the way that I had originally imagined it would would go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a... It's a big, big day. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's huge. Yeah. It's gigantic. Yeah. So knowing that this is a very monumental event for people and that we have a lot of either sem wives or pastor's wives or deaconesses, for that matter, in our Facebook group. And I actually would very much love to hear what other people's experiences have been, whether they've been through 
the Vicarage Placement Service or the Assignment of Calls Service, kind of what all of your perspectives are with the whole thing. But on on Instagram, I posted some questions for people, for my followers on my account there. And I said, okay, A, what is the greatest piece of advice that you could give a seminary family on call day? And or what do you wish you had known on call day when your husband was being called or you were receiving a call as a deaconess? And I, (laughs) it is so funny because I think there were at least two, maybe three people who called it a roller coaster of emotions. (laughs) So like, you know, I'm all about that life. Um, (laughs) So it's good to be mindful of that. I'm going to bring Kleenexes. Um, Somebody said wear comfortable shoes. That's Um, good advice for life. Although I'm really, really bad at following it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm, I'm all about that. Someone said, eat something beforehand. That's not going to be a problem. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be sitting in the pew, like eating my, I'm going to get a corned beef sandwich at Carl's Deli up the road. And I'm just going to like, just pull it out of my purse and start eating a corned beef sandwich during the service. Just in case I, you know, I forget to eat. <laughs> Please do that. <laughs> and a lot of people said things like, keep an open mind. Be excited for it because even if you get placed somewhere that you you have no intention of being, it it kind of helps break the fall a little bit. But also be open to even if you are shipped somewhere that, that you don't see yourself or don't expect yourself to be in a certain part of the country or in a certain sort of congregational setting, there can be so much joy and satisfaction in going to places like that. Even if prior to you are assigned somewhere where that's not going to work. I I don't, I don't want to do it a team ministry setting or I don't do youth ministry or, you know, I want to do campus ministry, but you're putting me in the middle of nowheresville. There's not a university for 500 miles. Like, that's entirely a possibility. That's a possibility for anybody who's receiving an assignment. But that doesn't take away from the possibility that that might be the best and greatest year for you in the ministry until you receive your call, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. there's, hopefully there's joy in the call too. But I know of plenty of, of people, and I'm sure this is just in general, whether you're getting your first call or you're moving churches or something, you may initially get a call to somewhere where you, you're pretty uncertain about the whole setup. But then when God calls you to the next thing, there there's like sobbing and tears and the, the people that you never thought you would come to love and the place that you never thought you would come to love. There is so much love there. And all you can think about now is how you're leaving that place and those people behind. So it is. It's sort of committing yourself to this heart-wrenching sort of experience. I. I don't know that I want to do this, guys. What? What? <laughs> so much heartbreak. I'm having an existential crisis right now. <laughs> oh, no. What's happening? No, you, you so- absolutely <laughs> do. Because, you know, when, when it comes to these placements, God knows what we need more than we do. That's right. And he is going to give you what you need, even if it doesn't look like what you want or what you think you want. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, listening to you talk about this, I was doing 
a little math in my head, and it was 30 years ago that my dad was at the call service for his first call. Wow. It was in 1991. And so, yeah, a 30-year little time travel. Uh, wow. And so I was there, and I remember as a I was I would have been an early teenager, and I remember having that like anxious, but not I was not I wasn't worried or like scared, but had like that feeling of like huge pressure, anxious, and so I remember having to like go out to the seminary grounds and like run around to just burn off some of the energy <laughs> while we waited to be able to go in and actually hear and get the news of what what it would be and you know what this would mean for for my life and at that point like nobody had the internet of course uh, at least not on their phones uh, and so i believe we had brought everybody like the thing was to bring atlases yes of, yep, I remember of that. the country so that like you could like flip through and locate these, these towns and yeah. figure out where where were you actually going and it was great it was exciting and it was a, it was a cool experience I don't really remember much else from that probably part of it was like the high emotions sort of blocked out more of the specific details in my case but I do remember being nervous and excited to find out what would this mean for the, you know, the next, for me, the next three years of my life, because I was a freshman in high school at that sure. point. And so where would I be? Where would I be finishing high school? What would that look like? What would that, what would that experience sure. be? So. Yeah, I did the, uh, the math just as you were talking. And I think, you know, the years all run together. Yeah. I want to say it was, it was, 13 years ago for us with call day and so two years more for that for for vicarage and there are very few times in your life when you absolutely know that within the next hour your whole trajectory is going to change mm -hmm. and that's very momentous yeah. and it doesn't yeah, matter where exactly. you're going you're going to hear the name and go oh uh -huh. i'm floored mm -hmm. you are going to be floored Astounding. by yeah. yeah, by what what is happening in in your life? I remember. I mean, we had the internet during call day, but we did not have smartphones everywhere. So yeah, I remember the road atlas under the pew thing, uh -huh. <laughs> and you know, just pulling it out, scrambling to figure out where on earth is this name that has just been read out. And as with many of our Lutheran congregations, maybe the name that was just read out is only a tiny pinprick on the map and you might have a little trouble finding it but i, I imagine zoom in. smartphones have made that whole task a little bit more discreet <laughs> i want to like gift you an atlas before call day now so that you can like like bedazzle it and, and it give it to you school. so that you can like make this big show of flipping through it because you that like is totally you. dramatically yes like, pull it open. you're like beef yes <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I remember is just, you know, I had my, I was so thankful to have my in-laws with me on call day with my children because otherwise I would have been alone mm. Mm. because this is such a momentous thing that the, the men and, you know, women in the deaconess program who are receiving these assignments, placements, calls, 
they are set aside. And, you know, as much as I feel like this is our journey, you know, the mere geog- the, the the simple geography of the way that the service is set up, you know, with all the 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 wall of black suits uh, <laughs> across the the front of the sanctuary and all the rest of us removed, it reminds mm-hmm. me that as much as this is our journey, this is his journey. This is his calling, and my mm-hmm. calling will support that. Yep. But you mm-hmm. know, I need to understand that whatever I'm feeling. He's feeling something way more weighty even than yep. that because mm-hmm. this this yoke of ministry is settling on his shoulders and it is a wonderful burden. God helps you bear the burden, but it is a burden. Yes. And so I think that that is, that is my memory of both of these services of feeling like, yes, we are going. Wait, it's not we. <laughs> in this instance yeah yeah you aren't being i called. am not receiving a divine call <laughs> yeah, uh, that will be yeah. you know fulfilled you know in my ordination I'll and officially called to yeah there. same thing with with the actual ordination which is a, one of those high points in any ministry family's life but again I wasn't standing up there next to him when, you know, all the the robed pastors placed hands on him. That was his thing. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, there's this feeling of like, it's our thing, but it's his thing. And that's, that's a weird thing to wrap your head around. It's a a tension that you have to hold. Especially when you have a, a, you know, a real partnership in your marriage Mm -hmm. that you've got to sort of navigate around and you're more popular than he is i'm just kidding (laughs) let's be honest yeah (laughs) until now brie until now before this i believe it but from now on who knows he is the superstar. Oh no, I didn't make that realization either. <laughs> but no, I am I am glad that that the whole technology point has been brought up because if the COVID vi- if the coronavirus pandemic situation had happened any earlier in life, I cannot imagine the disconnect because So I think last year they ended up doing joint services at both seminaries of both vicar assignments and calls. This year it's it's modified to discourage the spread of the virus, but it's basically each seminarian gets a plus one and that's it. And nobody else can show up. It's live streamed, but... It it isn't going to be like the big joyous grand affair that I I've been to in the past. And that's I mean, it's okay. It is what it is. But thanks be to God that like we have that capability to stream it online. It's three o'clock on Wednesday, April 20. Oh, wait, this is going to come on after. <laughs> it it's available as <laughs> archival footage. <laughs> Look <That's it> right. <laughs> but even even if you go to the website, there's like interactive maps and like you can sort and filter the data huh. and like mm-hmm. at least because I'm I don't spend too much time on the Fort Wayne website, but I feel like St. Louis's website, it's very like interactive and user-friendly, and it's like obviously gone are the days of the big grandiose dramatic atlases which which is why it tickles me sarah that you're gonna get me an atlas because you know (laughs) that i'm gonna make a scene with it it's perfect (laughs) already know it's so perfect already know 
So I think the only, the only other thing I really want to touch on um, <laughs> that I have sort of wrestled with, I think, and you all may feel differently because I, I, I think there are mixed opinions across the church about this. And I think that this is because we're not talking about with a vicarage, you're not talking about the divine call. One of the things that I try to be mindful of in in the call process is, yes, it is a it is a spiritual deal. It dwells in the realm of the sacred. We cannot deny that. But I try to be mindful that God has means through which he does things. And so what I try to avoid in thinking about receiving a call or a vicarage assignment for that matter is that, you know, what I try not to do is fall into this state of spiritual enthusiasm that, you know, humans have no role in the call process. And I think they do. I think God, it's God working through them, but there's still that human element there. And so point being, bottom line is we're going to go where God intends us to go no matter what. And so, you know, whatever sort of you know, backroom deals are going. I'm not saying that that's what happens, but like, I don't know, people talk. It's a small synod. Stuff happens. But like, for me, I just try to remember that no matter where we go in the country or the world, for that matter, is we're there because that's where God wants us. And so it is my hope for for me and for Matt that it is a satisfying, fulfilling experience. And so, and, and even those families that are just wigging out right now because they, they didn't expect this and they're sort of beside themselves and they don't know what to do. My prayer for them, whether you're a St. Louis family or a Fort Wayne family, that this provides a spiritually edifying and formative experience for the family that can be cherished. And, you know, even if it doesn't feel good in the moment, it's something that people can look back on and really appreciate. Yeah. It may be that the people who are receiving their placements will end up someplace that is just perfect, ideal, you know, a place where you feel happy and satisfied. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it may be that you end up in a place of pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Yep. But... God uses those experiences mm-hmm. to shape you. Yeah. Um, and especially for the men and women who have raised their hands and said, I will serve the church. That does not necessarily mean that every day will be lovely. There may not be rainbows and lollipops and unicorns, or hardly ever, let's be honest. But every experience God will use to mold you into the person he wants as his servant in the church. That sounded really like overly philosophical, but the the long and the it's short true, is though it's true. <laughs> whether you're going someplace you want to or someplace you don't want to, you are within God's care and within mm. His calling, and He will work with that in you. And you will look back. You know, I, there have been good moments in my husband's ministry. There have been very bad moments. Mm-hmm. But every single one of those moments has made him into the pastor and chaplain that he is today. Mm. And without them, he would not be, you know, as complete as he is. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I'm so excited for you and for Matt Bree. I just keep coming back to this. And for all the yeah. people out there who are taking those steps into holy ministry, it's just a, 
it's a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, sometimes I get a, a you know look back at. I'll be honest, as a pastor's wife, I'd be lying if I said there weren't days when I've been bitter mm-hmm. and said, why? Why couldn't you have been an accountant or an engineer or, <laughs> you know, anything but this? And yet- That's already happened to me already. <laughs> he hasn't even entered this pastorate yet. <laughs> um, and yet, you know- Really, I'm just so grateful for the life and the ministry that God has called him yeah. to and through him, me and our mm-hmm. children. Yeah. Um, it's a good thing. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. I I can't wait. I mean, obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna miss my residential field, my husband's residential field work church, which also happens to be where we are members and have been longtime members. And so it's going to be sad. It's going to be sad not to be involved in that congregation. And I don't, I don't really know what this, this upcoming year is going to bring, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to meet some new people and I'm excited to see Matt sort of grow spiritually and in his experience and, here we go, basically. It's a yeah. great adventure. <laughs> I may listen to this episode the day it comes out and be like, shut up, Gruzevsky. You didn't hear any of that. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, shut up. You knew all along this was the worst idea ever. <laughs> but until then, I'm going to be happy about it. And when we post this episode, we'll actually be able to post in the show notes where you guys are going. So, so this is like a weird time warp episode because this we're recording is. before and posting after. So yeah. this will be fun when we know where you guys are going to end up for I a cannot, year. I cannot wait. So we are all very excited for you, Brie, and for everyone else who, yes. by the time this episode posts, we'll have gone through Call Day and we'll know... Hmm where they are going to be either for the next year on Vicarage or uh, or in their first calls, which is a very humbling and exciting thing. So ladies who are SEM wives, pastors wives, we'd love to hear your experiences too and your insights and your thoughts about all of these things. You can join our group on Facebook and have some conversations about this. I'm sure there's more opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Join our group on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. You can also follow us on Instagram at Lutheran Ladies Lounge. Tag us in your posts about these episodes and we will share them in our story. You can also find all of our podcasts at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge or on your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm ready. (laughs) And I can tell you, you're not. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies' Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Join our community on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge. So, how long has this even been, you guys? 35 minutes, that's it! (laughs) Wow. <laughs>
Oh my gosh, did you hear that? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it was. That's where it was. It came out. It came out. <laughs> Better out than in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I should swallow. Sorry. <laughs> Eat those chicken livers, girl. <laughs> Well, you're like, yeah. you're like, is everybody ready? And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, now yes, are we I am did ready you, now. Did you chew and swallow? <laughs> Need to cleanse your palate or anything before we? Okay, yep. Still... Cheers. Oh wait, hang on. For when I run out of kombucha, I have a sparkling water. Yeah, crack that open first. Uh huh. Yep, we're good. Uh... All all supplied. Oh, man. Okay, here we go.